think the message of a story is just as powerful as the potential it has to entertain and like if we're gonna do something worthy with this writing then it can have that message we don't have to be pounding anybody over the head but if we do it well then you know it'll come across we'll talk about this and much more today welcome to a writer's day podcast hi and welcome to my podcast my voice might sound a little funny today but it's because i'm getting over a head cold so my apologies but I'm super excited to have you here with me today because we're going to be listening to quite the accomplished author Heidi Chevaroli. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm the current president of Christian Writers of the West, the Arizona chapter of American Christian Fiction Writers and I started this podcast to share writing tips with my audience and also to interview award-winning published authors. So welcome. She is an award-winning, best-selling author of women's fiction, well-known for her time-slip novels, and her latest series is a new Little Women-inspired series, Where Hope Begins, Where Grace Appears, and Where Love Grows. You can see these beautiful books on her website. Heidi Chevaroli joins me today to talk about The Orchard House and her new series inspired by Little Women. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to best-selling author Heidi Chevaroli. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm super excited to have an author. I She was like the second author I interviewed two years ago when I started my podcast. And now I've asked Heidi Chevaroli to come on again because... She has a new book out and a new series out that really caught my eye. I have your uh, Orchard House book on Kindle, but I'm getting ready to order your series for um, paperback. So I'm thrilled to have you on my podcast again. Heidi, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about yourself for my listeners, and then we can discuss your fascinating new series. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ruth. It's awesome to be back here with you. Um, My name is Heidi Chevaroli, and (laughs) I am a native of Massachusetts. Uh, This is where my books, most of my books are based. I am a mother of two teenage boys. Uh, I married my high school sweetheart. We'll be celebrating 18 years um, in another week or so. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Let's see what else. I love history. I love exploring the places around here. It's where I get a lot of my inspiration for my books. Uh, I work part-time at Walmart Pharmacy, just eight hours a week, and that's like my outside of the house time. And (laughs) I I love working there and just being with all kinds of different people. And yeah, so if I'm not there or kind of doing stuff with my family. I'm usually home on my porch writing. <laughs> <laughs> now, you don't have a real thick accent, though. I've Oh, I've, thank you. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't that a lot. <laughs> I don't know, because I think of Massachusetts, I think of more like a Boston or a New England yeah. type, a Connecticut type of accent, yeah. but you don't have one. 
Oh, good. Well, that's good to hear because sometimes I think it must depend where you are in the country. I don't know because some people tell me I have a really bad one. Really? <laughs> and some people can't tell. So I don't know what that's about. <laughs> that's funny. I Maybe guess I'm getting better at hiding it and I'm subconsciously trying to pronounce my R's right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I think of Boston or maybe like Connecticut or something, those type of accents. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, no, it's it's definitely not. No, people say, yeah, people say different things. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, I follow you on Instagram and I love your posts um, of your travels around Massachusetts and stuff. And you definitely are a history buff. So one thing we have, well, two things we have in common. I married my high school sweetheart, too. But... Uh, you also run. You're a runner, too. Have you been running lately? Yes. Um, I've been hiking and walking more than running, unfortunately. I've had some hip issues going on, and I just can't seem to straighten it out. Whenever I go for a run, it acts up again. But when I walk, it seems okay. So there's something about pounding the pavement. I probably have to try to get in the woods more or something when I'm running but I've been hiking a ton and walking a lot with um our new little puppy so that's been good for us oh <laughs> that's great at least you're getting outdoors and does that yeah. bring you a lot of peace of mind and joy it does. Life? yeah I, yeah I do miss the running there's something about that adrenaline rush there's something about being done with a long run and really having that I don't know. There's something about it that the walking doesn't quite do, but <laughs> I'm hoping I'll hoping I'll get myself back there at some point. But we'll see. Taking time and slowing down a little bit for my body right now. No, oh, I hear you. I'm in my 50s now, and running <laughs> running's a little harder than what it used to be. So sure, good for you though. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. So tell us a little bit about your inspiration behind the Orchard House and your fascination with Little Women, that very famous book that so many of us writers just adore. Yeah, um, so I think I became fascinated. I know I became fascinated with Little Women and Louisa May Alcott, not so much by reading the book first, but my grandmother brought me, my mother, and my sister to Louisa May Alcott's Orchard House. I think I was about 11 or 12. And I just remember standing in her bedroom where she wrote Little Women and just being the closest one at that point to the desk where she wrote, you know, about, you know, um, Joe burning Meg's hair and Amy's lines getting dumped out the schoolroom window. And I'm like, I kind of had this moment of just awe and like this was it gave me goosebumps it was like I'm the closest person to where she really wrote this story right now and it was an awe for her and her story but also um you know kind of this this um awe of history and just like how how cool history is that it really happened here and that this place has been preserved and for for us to come see all these years later and that really uh, spurred me to kind of look further into Little Woman. And then, of course, the 1994 version of Little Woman with Winona Ryder came yes. out. Yes. I love and I that love, one. Yeah, I love that movie. And <laughs> it just, 
it just gave me a new appreciation for um, the story. And then as I got older, I went back to the story, and I think I appreciated it even more when I was probably in my early 20s than I did back when I was younger. Yeah, me too. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think think that's probably true for a lot of us. So, you know, I thought, I, I I knew I wanted to do something surrounding Orchard House and Louisa May Alcott and maybe Little Women, but I didn't really know what, so I kind of dove into the research, like I read everything I could about Louisa May Alcott, her biographies, her her writings, her books, her letters, her journals, and just kind of looking for that gold nugget of inspiration. And the thing that ended up jumping out at me was when I read about her account, um, it's called Hospital Sketches, and it was her time, about her time as a nurse in the Civil War. And she wrote about nursing this young blacksmith, and she held these really strong feelings for him. I mean, they were kind of, it was just so beautifully written. I mean, we wouldn't expect anything less from Louisa May Alcott, but Mm -hmm. how she wrote about him, it was just so tender. And it it had this romantic feeling to it, and also, but also this very kind of protective motherly feeling. And, you know, she actually was the one given the task of telling him that he would not live any, live much longer. And just how she wrote about this was so um, bittersweet and heartbreaking, but also she wrote about it so beautifully. Like she said that the greatest thing she could do was to help another bear in their suffering. And that really spoke to my heart, and it really kind of echoed the message of the gospel to me as well. And I thought, you know, that's beautiful. And she held his hand and ushered him into eternity. And this this story kind of broke my heart because, you know, it was beautiful, but they didn't really get their, you know, happy ending that we may have wanted them to have. And I kind of didn't want to leave them there. And not that, you know, I mean, he, John Sewer, that was his name. He was, he was still going to die. Couldn't change that in my fiction. I didn't want to do that. But I said, well, what if, what if, um, this, her Prince of Patience, this John Sewer, what if, uh, he had a sister that um, Louisa met through his death. They communicated by letters. And what if these, you know, two women struck up a friendship? What if Louisa offered her way to Massachusetts? What if she became this mentor to Jo to her Joanna is her name, uh, who finds herself in a difficult marriage? So from this storyline came kind of the idea of women helping women both in the contemporary and the historical, because I write time slips, so that's the contemporary told alongside a historical story with a point of connection between. And so in the contemporary, we also have these two sisters, um, sisters by adoption, And actually. They were best friends before they were sisters. And so I kind of pulled out some of those themes, and I don't want to keep talking too long, so I can stop. I don't want to tell all the story, but um, and and but uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of where the inspiration, anyway, behind the Orchard House came in came into play. That's great. I mean, so many women out there, you know, loved that book. And when I taught writing in middle school, I used to use. Louisa May Alcott as an example of putting theme in stories because she was very passionate about education equality 
and uh, making sure women and minorities had a fair shot at education too. So once I explained that, the girls who had read Little Women reread it and said, now I can kind of understand. Now I can see that thread running through her story. Before you told me that, I I didn't even think about any of that. But now that I know a little bit more about her, I'm kind of seeing some of that in her story. So now that you've told me a little bit more about her, I had no idea that she had been a nurse during the Civil War. That kind of adds to the storyline of Little Women too, and why it was so important for her. And you can just see, you can just feel now the angst of waiting for her father and and that setting. So, wow, that's really fascinating. That's little known information, isn't it? I mean, not everybody knows yeah, I think we we think of Louisa as Joe March, and you mm-hmm. know she really she was, but she was also you know more than that too. Yeah, she um actually got very sick after she nursed um, John Sewer, and he passed on. She became sick with typhoid, and wow. she was so sick that her father came and brought her home back to Concord. She was in Washington D.C. Um, as a nurse. And uh, she was treated with um, mercury in the hospital, and she suffered the effects of that for the rest of her life. So she she went through kind of a lot of suffering in her life, and we don't really think of that or really know that, but I think it made her a stronger person, and I just really admired how she just wanted to look after her family with her writing. Uh, She actually... Her, her hands, she had trouble with her hands, the arthritis, and um, she taught herself how to write with her left hand so that she could keep writing um, through her pain. And it was just, yeah, it really made me appreciate. And I think it's wonderful that you were teaching your class um, and having them look for those themes because that's exactly, I mean, her, the theme of helping the downtrodden, that's like everywhere. And that's one of the themes that I wanted to pull out of my book as well because it's about this kind of abusive marriage and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking you know what would Louisa speak into this and you know by reading her books and her writings it's very kind of very obvious what she would say so I really wanted to kind of touch on that too but I think it's wonderful that you were uh, you know teaching your your class that that's great I love that. Yeah and I was reading one of the reviews of your book and the reviewer got that message as well she noticed that you really focused on the plight of those the plight of the voiceless Mm. and that's definitely something that Louisa May Alcott wanted to do with her books as well so I I kind of just wanted my students to understand that writers write to entertain this is true but sometimes we write to educate as well Absolutely. yeah and I feel like that's kind of what you're doing with your story too. Yeah. yeah, I think the message of a story is just as powerful as the potential it has to entertain. And like, if we're going to do something worthy with this writing, then it can have that message. We don't have to be pounding anybody over the head. But if we do it well, then, you know, it'll come across, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. true. And once you study the era that the author lived in and all that they endured, you start to truly appreciate more of the words that they put down. It, I think it really adds something when you look back and see how much an author suffered and yet worked so hard to get those books written. It, it inspires me to keep going. 
Uh, absolutely, I couldn't I couldn't agree more because we don't really hear about that a lot. We see all this success. By the time it comes to us, we just see success, and we don't always look for their story or what they what it took to get there. <laughs> So that's definitely encouraging to me as well, and it was it was definitely true with Louisa too. She got a lot of rejections and rough starts too. So it is encouraging, absolutely. So now tell us about this series that you're doing that kind of transitions. Yeah. Uh, it's another time slip series, isn't it? It actually is not. Oh, this is okay. Straight, yeah, this is straight contemporary. Um, right now, anyway, while I'm writing for Tyndale, I I write time slips for them, and that's the thing I do for them. And I was kind of thinking, you know, it might be kind of nice to just do contemporary. I love historical, but I love I love contemporary too. And I think with this pandemic going on, I was kind of ready to just do something a little bit on the lighter side mm -hmm. because my my books so far have been heavier and you know a little bit. <laughs> so sometimes sometimes they are pretty heavy. <laughs> um, so I said, you know, I wanted to do something, but I wasn't really quite ready to leave Louisa May Alcott and Little Women. So I thought it would be fun to do this kind of contemporary fiction with a Little Woman twist. And I started, I planned a series, and the premise was going to be around this bed and breakfast, which is called the Orchard House Bed and Breakfast. And, you know, it's it's a author-themed bed and breakfast with different author-themed rooms. So Louisa May Alcott has her own room and all that, and then we have Robert Frost's room, and Nathaniel Hawthorne and that was fun to plan but um mm. so I'm doing one so I have modern little women characters so we have Josie Martin and Maggie Martin <laughs> and Lizzie Martin and then we have Bronson Martin so I threw in a boy and then we have Amy Martin and they're each going to have their own book so the first book features Josie and I thought it might be for those of us who loved um, Lori and wanted Joe to kind of be with Lori, I thought it'd be kind of fun to make the professor a little bit of the bad guy in this in this book and kind of see how that played out. So I won't really say too much more, give too much away, but um, that was really fun. It is straight contemporary, but I'm I, I'm really happy with it, and I'm I, I'm I'm happy writing these books right now. I'm planning my next time slip at the same time, but um, this has been a, a good break and a little bit of a lighter, more romantic type of story. So I'm excited. Oh, that's pretty clever. I like that. And I like how you're uh, handling the villain in this one too. That's pretty neat. Thank you. It yeah. is fun to do like a, a different kind of twist to get outside of your typical writing and do something new. Yeah, I think it kind of keeps our creative minds mm -hmm. <laughs> on top of it all, you know, instead of just thinking, okay, another, you know, story that, yeah, I, I love Time Slip, but it is definitely a more difficult story to write, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's fun because you get a little bit of both worlds, and then you get that satisfying ending, hopefully, when they connect. Um, but it's very, it's almost like you're doing this intense puzzle. <laughs> it's, 
And so with these stories, with the Orchard House Bed and Breakfast series, it was a little more relaxing, mm -hmm. a little bit more. I could just kind of go with the characters and I didn't have to plan so much how everything was going to fit together surrounding the historical mystery and all of that, which I do love that. But this was this was good for this season of um, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, it's good for the soul to do that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, doing quite a bit of writing on a women's fiction and it required a lot of research. It deals yeah. with heavy topics, you know. And when COVID hit, I kind of set it aside. I didn't do any writing at all last year. I was just in that yeah. funk, you know, with the quarantine and stress. Yep. And yep. Uh, for like the first time in 10 years, I didn't even do the National Write a Novel Month. I did nothing. Okay, so yeah. finally, at the start of this year, I thought, you know, I'm going to write something fun. I'm going to go back oh, to just good. writing something fun for me, and I'm going to illustrate it because that's fun for me. And that did it. That got the creative juices flowing again. Awesome. And yeah, writing was fun again. And so <laughs> I published that one. I just self-published it. And now I'm back to writing the serious one. But I feel refreshed. I feel like I'm looking at it with new eyes. So did you find that that helped you cope with everything we went through last year, just trying something different? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I don't know, when I'm not writing or creative for a while I get a little cranky I don't know if I'm alone in that or not mm -hmm. but um and yet I feel like I didn't have the the strength if you will to kind of like you said tackle some of the heavier things that I usually tackle like the orchard house has the domestic abuse thread and um you know I've written about school shootings before and post-traumatic stress disorder and just a lot of heavy heavy stuff so this was really just to uh, kind of escape from the world when the world was so heavy around us mm -hmm. and chaotic to escape to this light kind of romantic story I mean I think there's still depth to it but um you know it was definitely different and and, and it was fun it was definitely a good escape a good coping mechanism for me <laughs> oh that's great when I saw you posting about it on Instagram I thought oh that's terrific uh, the cover is so beautiful. It's so bright and sunshiny. And I thought, I'm going to see if she wants to talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you you reached out. Sure. Yeah, I love talking to you. <laughs> but I also saw the picture where you got to tour the Orchard House again. You were able to tour that? Yeah, well, um, we were able to go. So, yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I... I lose track because I wrote it and did the research like it's been a couple years ago now even though it just released in February so I did I went with my mom and we toured it again and I had gone back when the book came out but at that time they were open because of COVID mm, yeah. so I was only able to go around the outside okay but researching it um was really special with my mom and my mom actually wrote poems that are in the orchard house so Aww. that was really sweet a sweet time with her um seeing the orchard house and touring it and just imagining my characters there and what was going to happen so that was that was really fun that's yeah. neat i'd love to make a trip out there to see it now um i had asked when you post a picture if that was the actual house or the one they they built for the movie because mm -hmm. in the 1994 version if you watch the yes. movie you can listen to the director commentary and they built the two houses 
from the ground up for that movie. Wow. Yeah. yeah I remember you saying that. I yeah. didn't realize they had done that for the movie. And they, that- they did a great job because you were standing in front of the original. And I thought, yeah. is that the set? Yeah. So they built, they, they found the land and they built the two houses just for the movie. And that so, way they could they could just film all around it, you know, the outside scenes and everything. Um, so if you ever get a chance, watch the movie and listen to the director commentary. It's fascinating. Oh, I definitely will. That sounds so cool. That's so cool. that's my favorite yeah. version of Little Women, I think, because it's yeah, Christmassy. I love that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's so pretty. The soundtrack, and sometimes I listen oh, to the music yeah. while I'm writing. <laughs> oh, nice! That's a great idea. <laughs> Again, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me and discuss your two new stories that are out. I know they're getting great reviews and um, much success to you on this new endeavor. And what do you have? Can you talk a little bit about your next book or is it still kind of in the research phase? Um, I'm still in the research phase Okay. the next uh, dual timeline book. I think we will be staying on the coast of Maine and there's some lighthouses involved. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, this series, I, I still have a bit of work to do on the series because I'm aiming for six books. So. Oh, wow. So that's going to be, uh, take a little more time, but I'm also, you know, at the same time working on this next dual timeline that I am super excited about and that is close to my heart for some reasons I won't say yet, but, (laughs) but I'm excited for it. So we'll see what comes of it. (laughs) So one last question. Are you a planner or a pantser? So I am definitely a pantser at heart and yet it's hard when you're writing proposals and you need to have a synopsis and all of this so I've kind of learned to plan a little bit but I don't tie myself to the synopsis Um, so I, 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 I usually pants. I'm trying for efficiency's sake to plot to learn to plot a little bit better because I feel like it helps me write faster if I can do it, but usually I end up throwing my plans out and my characters just end up taking me different places. So I think I'm just a pantser. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Heidi, for joining me today uh, to tell my listeners a little bit more about your projects and about yourself. Thank you so much, Ruth, for having me. It's so great to talk with you. Heidi Chevaroli, isn't she wonderful? I really enjoy talking with her. I hope that you've been encouraged and inspired by her story of how she writes her books and her latest book, The Orchard House, in her new series. Look it up. And until next time, be inspired to keep writing. Keep going forward on this writing journey. God bless.